0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another Faster Masters Rowing Radio. I'm Rebecca Caro, and as always, I am joined by Marlene
1: Royal. Hey, Marlene. Hi, Rebecca, and hello, Faster Masters. Nice to be back.
0: It is. We've had a short break, mainly because I took a holiday, vacation in the American sense. So, what's the difference between a holiday and a vacation?
1: There is no difference. A
0: holiday, <laughs> a public holiday like Christmas or or yeah Memorial Day.
1: I don't know. I think holiday is a more European expression for vacation because in Europe most people say holiday actually. So mm. I think it's I think of it as the same. Though I never take them. <laughs> Maybe I should. I should. I'm my own worst enemy.
0: <laughs> I was actually trusting that that you would be taking a holiday while I was taking a holiday, or rather, you'd be no. taking a vacation while I was no th- no. no. I'll slap you on the wrist later. Now, hello to everyone who's watching live. I can see the numbers clocking up. Really good to have you with us. And remember, while we're live, if you want to add a comment or ask a question, put it in the comments box below the stream and I will come to it and, and add you in to the conversation. Now, listener questions are something that happens an awful lot for Marlene and myself. One of the things that we know engages with the people who are out there who are our fans and yes we love you they have really great questions and my experience is that if one person writes and asks a question there are usually at least 10 who think oh I wish I'd asked that or I'd like to know the answer to that today we have two questions so the first one comes from Ian Perkins and he said I've recently been getting feedback that I'm opening my body early at the catch. Mainly it's when I'm fatigued in both sweep and sculling. As soon as I'm told, he said, I do try to work out what I'm doing wrong and get feedback. And, you know, and usually people say that's a good change. I fix it without thinking about it, I suppose. But then I spend 10 minutes trying to work out why I'm opening early. I guess it's just a bad habit. I'm looking for good drills to lock in some better habits. I think I picked up my bad habits during lockdown, doing ergos. So Marlene, opening early at the catch, it's not an unusual situation, is it?
1: No, it's very common. It's, it's very common because there, there's a tendency. Um, well, first, it, we're, we're talking about basic muscle sequencing, you know, you want to use your larger Largest group muscles to the next group to the next group. So of course we're looking, you know, our legs, legs, hips, back, body weight, arms, um, completing completing the 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 drive phase. But um, I think what's important to define is that when you when you when you initiate the drive, you've got to bring the handle with you. Um, So you really you have to focus on the connection to the foot stretchers, the connection, the feeling to the handle and staying horizontal. So if you're opening up, you're you're lifting, you're going to have a vertical motion of the handle um, versus keeping the handle, which means the blade uh, horizontal in the water. And if you lift early, you're losing some of your leg drive, okay? You've mm-hmm. missed that part of your leg drive. One of the images, um, that I like to use is drive the knees away from the chest, which is different from lifting the chest away from the knees. So it may be one, a matter of your orientation, how you're viewing it, but the, the upper body need, the body angle has to stay stable until your whole foot is on the foot stretcher. When your whole foot contacts a foot stretcher, you can start to swing. So if you initiate, um, off the balls of your feet, get once you get your whole foot down, which should be relatively soon, um, you can use that as a reference point to start your swing because then you're sure that you're you've got your hips going, but remember, you've got to move the handle with you.
0: Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that Ian asks for is drills to help this. And I'm going to suggest a drill which I think is quite useful. It's called legs only rowing. And you need to set it up very carefully so that you don't make the wrong movement. Here's how to do it. Sitting stationary, and if you're in a sweep boat, do this with two people at a time and the rest of the crew or half the crew rowing and half the crew sitting easy. If you're in a sculling boat, you can do it individually but or in the same pattern. The key is to have a stable boat for the first few times you practice this drill. Sit at the finish and carefully and progressively go through the recovery sequence. Arms away, body's over, half slide. Important to pause there. Make sure (coughs) that you have definitely got your body rocked over and your arms extended at the half slide position and then roll all the way into the catch. At this stage, Leave your oars feathered on the surface of the water, because the first time you do this, you have to mime the action to make sure you get it right before you square your blade and put it in the water and actually try it uh, doing a real stroke. So miming the action from the catch, you are going to just use your legs. This means that your body needs to be still angled forwards from the hips in the catch position. And your arms are extended straight. And what you're going to do is drive your knees away from your chest until your legs are straight. So you should feel you're still leaning forwards and that your shoulders are forwards of your hips. When you've done that, just roll back up the slide without changing your body angle all the way to the catch and make the same movement again. So your legs are just driving straight and coming back, driving straight and coming back. Do that a couple of times. And remember for that very first sequencing, you need someone to call each position when you're miming your way into the catch to make sure that you are at the correct body angle. So you need to have someone say, arms away, go body over, go half slide, go, and then pause for maybe two seconds at each of those. And then the last bit is roll up to the full compression at the catch. Now square your blade. And try to do the same movement and start to move the boat. Do it square blades. Don't try feathering or anything. And with the straight arms and, and body leaning forwards, all you're doing is driving your legs. Take the oar out of the water, roll forward and put it back in. If you can do that successfully, try increasing the pressure. And what you're looking for is that feeling of driving the knees away from the chest, getting your heels down so that your feet are flat on the footboard, and then completing the leg drive without changing anything else. And it's quite challenging to do.
1: It is a hard drill. It's a little bit awkward at first, you know, so you have to take your time. You have to take your time, like Rebecca said, when you're first practicing that. But you do have to isolate it. it's very important to realize that once you have your body angle set on the recovery, that that angle cannot change as your knees are coming up on the recovery and as the knees initiate going down. So you you've got to learn how to um, tune into tune into that. But another thing is you to look at your blades. If your blades are going deep, you're lifting. So that's another, that's another feedback. If you watch the, um, it's kind of hard to see when you're in full, you know, in full reach position. But um, but that is something that you can you can also check. I now, think pause um, drills or pause drills are good too. Sorry for that. When if you do a pause drill, then you can isolate moving into the entry position with the body set and just focusing on the lower body, and then that's another way to work on that.
0: Good stuff. Andres Carazo has asked us a question saying, I have just purchased the Faster Masters individual program and he has chosen to, his goal is to prepare for head races this fall, if it happens. He asks, what would be the best way to start the program? Should I wait until the start of next month because the program of course is monthly or should I just go ahead and start with the head race module? I say just start. Yeah, exactly. Repeat. We've got like 10 days, eight days left of this month. Just repeat the first week. It won't do you any harm and you'll get familiar with the workouts. Mm -hmm. Now, just a reminder for people who haven't done it. uh, When you buy our individual course, it comes in two parts. There is a separate training program for people who are training for 1K races and a different one for people who are training for long distance races. And bearing in mind the different hemispheres, as most of our regular listeners know, I live in the Southern Hemisphere and Marlene lives in the Northern Hemisphere. And we know that race dates vary by country. And obviously you might be prioritizing a race that's in November and I might be prioritizing one that's right at the beginning of October. So you have the choice when you buy the program, you get both modules and you can do whichever one suits your personal goals. Now, any other, oh, he's up, he makes one other point in his question. In order to individualize the training program, we recommend that you do what we call a 20 minute ERG test. It's all explained when you buy the, um, the overall service and it's one of the permanent modules, it's always there. It's free. You get it when you sign up and you can then do that test at any time. But the point of the test is in order to make our training program individual to you, you have to do the test and then it explains how to adapt and adjust the training program to suit your individual needs this is really important because in the same way that someone who's 27 and is a master and someone who is 67 is a master they can't possibly be expected to achieve the same workout results this is really important part of our service and particularly why as masters specialist coaches it demonstrates that we really understand masters
1: well with um for Andreas, uh, what he can do is, um, he also mentions he doesn't have an ERG, but if he's training for head races, and he's doing it on the water. Now, um, we use the 20 minute ERG test as a way to customize your um, performance paces when you're training on the ERG. Now, if you're on the water, there's another way to approach that. You can Set your training paces. This is going to give you your 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 target splits or a, a zone of target splits. Um, you can do that on the water with the same method using your 20 minute your 20-minute trial. You absolutely can do that. We do practice trials in the program. But the thing that's going to be a little bit different on the water is it depends on your conditions. And you know, as we know, the erg is sort of a stable environment. It's a Good way for you to um, get a read on your fitness is doing the 20-minute trial on the ERG because that's it that's going to give you a consistent thing like oh I'm a little bit faster this month or how much did I improve however you can do it um, on the water and you can calculate your splits the same way on the water the other way is just work by stroke rate Um, the stroke rates that that are listed in with the program are defined for singles or small boats, and there's stroke rates defined for big boats, which would be eights and fours, small small boats would be singles, pairs, doubles, because we do have teams who follow the program. So you can use the, the stroke rates we identify for the small boats. If the rating isn't quite, say the rating's a little too challenging for you, You just you use that as a goal and you just drop it down so you can work either way, because we're assuming with stroke rate, you're always running full pressure.
0: Absolutely. And I do think that's something that an awful lot of masters forget. Now, your full pressure capability is obviously yours. It's unique to you. Um, Mm -hmm. And particularly when we talk about doing drills, making the drill more difficult once you've done it a couple of times and you understand the basic thing the drill's trying to achieve, one of the easiest ways of testing yourself is to do the same drill at full pressure. Definitely. So good luck. Please, if you want to start your head racing training, it's it's definitely a good time if you know or hope that you're going to be doing some racing, come through into the future. Um, And remember, of course, that there are virtual races. So one of the things that we were discussing offline is what's happened in the last couple of weeks. And one of the things I am really seeing is a split between people who have got that oarsman mentality versus people who have the rowers mentality now we talked about this in an earlier podcast if you don't know what we're talking about the article is on our blog it's called um rowers versus Osman now marlene you had a neat example of this
1: well one of the things that i've experienced in talking with different different athletes recently is um There, there are a group of athletes who are very process oriented. So, and, and, you know, right now I'm talking about people who are, who are, um, quite devoted to competing in masters racing versus someone who's training as a recreational athlete. So for the competitors who are really focusing on things like the head of the Charles, these are world masters, um, these types of events, um, their national championships, one group is very process oriented and they've just taken their, their approach that, you know, I'm going to use this time to improve. I'm, I'm, you know, we've identified things that can get better technically in the strength room, um, fitness wise through testing and through just working together. But, um, You know, that group of athletes is just like, you know, they're they're training. There's no interruption. They're they're seizing the moment to use this for for improvement. Another group is kind of going, oh, my gosh, we're not I'm not racing. I don't have any races to go to. Oh, well, I don't really know what to do. And and they're they're very um, I mean, obviously, they they love racing and racing is a great motivation for them. And they need that race. To prepare for and not having that that kind of definitive like date I've got to be ready on that day um, has thrown some people really off schedule and um, so I've had a lot of interesting conversations with people well let, let's try to you know what can we do and so I think including trials as a regular part of your training is very important um, I'm encouraging people do the head of the Charles, uh, remote, global, head of the Charles. You know, the entries open September 1st. Uh, you can row it on the water. You can row it on the ERG. Some of the comments I've said is, well, you know, how, how is it going to possibly be a real event when everybody can row on different water and et cetera, et cetera? But the point, the point is, is to have something that you say, okay, I'm going to focus that preparation, and that's going to be a really good, trial race day for me, even if it's at home, even if it's on the ERG, if it's with your club, um, you know, I think, I think that helps people get through this, but, um, but it has been, it has been quite interesting, um, how, how, um, the lack of racing has affected the mindset of different
0: people. It certainly has. And I've definitely seen people feel very kind of down in the dumps, um, within just people that i personally row with and remember here in new zealand we're very fortunate we have regattas we're doing some 1k racing one regatta in august and another our national masters championships at its regular time in september so we know we're really fortunate and yet part of our group were training for a long distance race called the head of the yarra which is in australia normally in november and it's reasonably unlikely we will be able to travel. I think the event may happen, but we probably won't be able to travel. And because that was their focus and that has been taken away, I can really see them going, oh, I, I didn't want to do 1K, you know, and I'm feeling a bit disorientated. Mm-hmm. So what would your advice be to a group that's like that? Well, I
1: would say getting any racing, if you're very race-oriented, this way, I think getting any racing experience is going to benefit you. Who cares what, it's 500 meters, 1,000 meters, you're going to get better. I mean, that the experience always helps you. And you may not, you don't have to necessarily like it <laughs> to be good yeah. at it. Um, you don't necessarily, it doesn't have to be your favorite thing, but you can approach it as just a way of improving your race mentality. You might learn something, going to a run 1k race, maybe it'll just satisfy that need to get to a regatta. I mean, face it, everybody loves going to regattas because you see your friends, you have a good time. It's as much off the water as it is on the water. And I think that's what, I do think that's what people miss. And I know my own experience as, as a coach, um, you know, I was really, I was really f- feeling very odd that I have not been on the water coaching for such a long time because I normally coach down in the Sarasota area in April and May. I I go to Craftsbury through the summer every month for some period of time. Everything's been, all the travel's been canceled. All the season has been canceled. So when my little club started here, we have a very fledgling little club here. When we started July 1st and I got on the water and I've got like, my first two groups, it just felt so good to get on the water and, like, coach live in person, and um, I, and that was kind of an interesting experience, because you realize how much you need that balance, um, because I do so much remote coaching, and we do so much online work, but having that work, live work on the, on the water creates a, a very important balance, and, and I think racing, perhaps plays that role for other people, too. You know, it creates the balance from training. It gives you something. It gives you another outlet. It gives you something to look forward to. So, um, you know, again, organizing scrimmages, I would go do the 1K races if you don't think you're going to have your fall race, because um, it's only going to help your training.
0: Mm. And don't forget, the Head of the Charles is not the only event. If you go to the website and Facebook group called Rose and All, or you want to do the NK Summer Series, which is on the Nelson Kellerman website, all great events coming up with regular horizons. So you can do as many or as few as you want. Now, drills for the entry is our big topic for today. Uh, I know we didn't reveal this uh, in advance, because Marlene and I like to keep you listening. (laughs) So we like to sort of reveal what's going on. Um, A lot of people find the entry, the point where we place the blade in the water, actually to be a really challenging thing. And it's one of those points in the stroke where, unlike other parts of the stroke, You can come back to it over and over, regardless of how skilled or how long you've been rowing or how experienced a rower you with. I always feel it's something that can always you can always pay more attention there. So, Marlene, kick us off. What's your number one drill for the entry?
1: Well, I'll give you two. (laughs) I (laughs) I have to. Well, one thing I would say, and this is very simple, is. Practice sitting up at the top of the slide in the position you know with your blades buried top of the slide, as if you've just placed the water, and work on your positioning. Work on getting comfortable there in the boat. Be able to sit up at the entry at the top of the slide with the blades in the water. Um, with your posture, keeping your sit bones balanced on the seat, keeping your weight equal in your rigors so your rigors are stable. And just this stationary act of being comfortable up at that part of the stroke is very, very important. You go there every single stroke. So that's one one drill that I like that, um, that I think is very, very important. It's just developing comfort up at that part of the stroke. Um, Another another, um, drill that I like is what I call a catch drill. Mm -hmm. And um, I use the word catch a little bit differently than other people do because I I define the entry as when the blade breaks the water. If you want to think of the catch in the traditional terms, I would think of that more when your blade is full and and loaded. That's kind of, I would define these, these two things. However, what I call the catch drill is to help not initiate the drive before the blade is buried. And this is an extremely difficult thing to do in rowing. Um, We we know that oftentimes people start to move their handles before their blade is set. So to let the Mm -hmm. blade be set, actually do an exercise where you come up and I do this while I'm rowing. And and it's really good to do in team boats. You can do it. You can do it by fours. You can do it with a four rowing, do it one pair, but come up, do it slowly. You need the boat to be in motion. It doesn't have to be fast. Place the blade, you know, out at your full reach, place the blade. As soon as the blade is in the water, open and close your hands and then take the handle. So you, you open and close the hands quickly, catch the handle but that time it takes you to open and close your fingers, just hover over the handle, you know, don't take your hands way off the handle, but just but open and close your fingers. That's enough time for your blade to set. And when your blade sets, the handle's going to start to move. You need to feel for that. That's the beginning of the drive. So that that's what I call my it's catch drill, or you can call it catch the handle, but um, it's really fun. You can do it. I do this with eights. Sometimes I do it even, you know, um, say rowing by fours, and then you'll have the stern pair do the drill and mm-hmm. then and then you know, then they'll go back to regular rowing or normal rowing, and then you'll have uh, the next pair do it. And you can do this in a single. You can do it in a double with your double's partner just just gently moving, just gently moving the boat. But um, that you've got to allow that timing. It's in set, go. It's not in go, okay? that then the blade's not set, you're rowing it in. It's got to be set go set go there is a rhythm to that and um you know that's what our national teamers work on endlessly it's not putting the blade in the water it's it's not starting the drive before the blade is ready so um that's a drill that helps with that
0: actually it's a leg drill not a arm hand placement drill isn't it because you leave your arms doing what you're regularly doing. And what you're doing is working on the timing of the leg drive.
1: Well, and and also feeling well, it's a combination of that. Plus, if your hand is if your hand is very light on the handle, when the blade when the blade is buried, it, it starts to move the handle. So you have to feel for that initiation of the handle. It tells you when the drive is going to begin. So Your handle could,
0: will move towards you, won't yes, it? Yes. If the blade is under the water.
1: Yes. So so that helps you give it, again. It gives you a reference point. You know. Then there's the there's the challenge of timing. You know. The handle the handle gives you the information to start the leg drive. It's not the other way around. It's not the leg drive doesn't give the handle the information. It's the other.
0: It's the other way around. Well, I look forward to hearing everybody telling us on email or comments on the uh, Facebook page how they did. And I will put that part of the uh, podcast into our training group. If you're not a member of the Faster Masters Rowing Training Group on Facebook, please join it. That's where we give each other mutual encouragement, which where an awful lot of the questions that we answer live on the podcast get asked. Um, So please join us there. And uh, let's let's focus on our catch drills. I, I can I can sense a little opportunity coming up. Now, in my rowing researches this week, I came across a really super new rowing movie. And this is a really neat um, summary of what happened to a couple of crews when they were training through their summer it's a new movie by the young movie maker david pelota and it's been put up live on vimeo vimeo.com forward slash on demand forward slash bend so the title of the movie is bend i'm just going to kick off and play you some of the trailer They can't race, and I gotta find out who that is. I wanna find the guys that always find their way into a losing program. You
1: know because you just like suffer through all this training to it's just like high point, and it's
0: like one part of the year <laughs> So there we go, a fun rowing movie, and it's two dollars just to rent it, and you can watch it over the next forty-eight hours. So I personally would consider that a, a good good way to support um, folks who are doing it. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it looks kind of fun, as it, it says. Does. I want to find the people who don't who are who are always in the losing boat. <laughs> yeah. Why do we why do we
1: do this for just? four minutes a year right
0: (laughs) now exactly and of course for those of you who are in the u.s um and you'll have to go watch the trailer yourself if you're listening on audio only but there were some great shots there of some very well-known rowing courses marlene i'm guessing you spotted the powerhouse straight in there yeah quite easily yes (laughs) under the bu bridge Now, we've got some live listeners. Hello to Sarah, who is from Portland in Maine. Awesome. Hi, Sarah. Nice to see you online with us. And uh, we then have a little response here from some of our earlier discussion about doing local scrimmages. Cece Aguda is saying that the Rocky Mountain Rowing Club is having monthly 1K race weekends, and people around the country are joining in. She says everyone submits a race report with photos of their, quote, venue, their start, the course and the conditions, the finish and, of course, your speed coach results. So you do need to record it on a GPS device and they have a Zoom meeting after and before to recap. She says there are no medals or prizes or cost. It's just fun. That sounds like a great fun event. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And I think that brings us to the end of our rowing radio podcast for the week. Any final thoughts? I think people should go out and
1: practice their drills and, um, you know, think think about one thing that you need to make better on the water this week. And just just focus on one thing.
0: Great advice from Marlene. So, everybody, till next time. Bye-bye.